welcome to Bear Stew, episode 2.12. This is Killer with Blake and Christina. This week we are going to talk making a murderer. We're going to do our own little mock trial. Christina is uninfluenced by the documentary, so she will be our judge. She's one of five people that have not seen the documentary. Yes, and not paid attention to radio, Sorry, television, blogs, anything else. She doesn't listen to her bandmates when she goes to rehearsal. Because they've all seen it. They haven't seen it either, so, actually. It's fine. I call BS. I haven't asked them, but we all talk about that. <laughs> yeah. We? They just talk about, like, bass grooves and yeah. you know, guitar solos. Music like, stuff. A to C to F. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Christina, lay down a thick beat with that bass. Okay, that's not what happens. <laughs> anyway. I don't know idea. but So we're going to do that, and then to wrap everything up, Blake, are, Blake and I are going to share our Super Bowl trip, like, stories and adventures. Can't wait. You sound so excited. Well, I, I kind of stumbled over what I was going to say right there. Thinking about <laughs> it. We, I'm, look, okay, I'm looking at Blake, and it's really throwing me off because he's going with the hacker look today. I, he has a black beanie on, and he does look very robberish. Yeah, he looks like he should be behind some turntables getting ready to, yeah. to mix something up. Like you a DJ? Am I a DJ or a hacker? You're both. Well, hacker with the headset on right now. Yeah. But you could totally be a DJ with that, too. Okay. Or you can just be phone support, you know? <laughs> Someone's calling in because they're having an issue with their credit card. Why are you pointing at your forearm? Because <laughs> that's normally a job for foreigners that you can't understand over Whoa, the phone. Whoa! That wow. was racist, I don't sir. think it's... Ra- I, I can prove <laughs> it right now. You ever had to deal wow. with... Wow. <laughs> okay, don't give me that. Wow. Everyone out there knows I'm right. Man, the so, one job. So you're you voting for under- Trump, huh? No, not at all. Not voting at all. Anyway, you usually call. Oh, I'm sorry. On. I passed the one Hillary Clinton sticker on the way here that she sold. A bumper sticker. Nice. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I saw it on a white Altima too. I think. Really? Why are those? Okay, whatever. That's your car. No. You don't have a Hillary <laughs> I sticker. I have a Maxima. Thank you. Oh. I do not have any Hillary stickers on my car. Close. You almost got it. Yeah. Sorry. But you still failed. So I'm a DJ hacker racist. Yes, you are. Okay. A racist DJ hacker. Anyway. <laughs> we spent a week in San Francisco, and we'll have stories yes. from our trip. Good? Sound good? Sounds that make awesome. You happy? Yeah. So should we jump into this making a murderer? Or should we do a little... Do you guys want a quick baby update? Baby update. Baby update. Uh... Spent three hours at the doctor's office this morning. Got the baby's first ear infection, which I don't know if you should celebrate those kind of things. Because no. they are they are a nightmare to deal with. Is it because you were gone for so long? Yeah. What happens so, when you're gone. Because I'm such a bad dad. And I went to went out. <laughs> yep. Went to work for a week. And then you're here. Week. You're gone again. Yeah. I will say one thing. A lot of people were sick in San Francisco. A lot of people were sick. Apparently people are sick now, too. Yeah, the entire, like, ten people called in sick yesterday from Uh-oh. work. And almost the exact same people called in sick today. Mm-mm. So. So you pretty much got your kids sick. Uh, so considering you're... I was over it by the time I came home, no. Well, I you still not. carry it for a while. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So but, you are a bad dad. And then you gave Kristen a kidney infection. I did not give my wife Ew. a kidney infection. She goes <laughs> regularly to get a checkup, so she doesn't get kidney stones. So it happens. 
She just goes to make sure she's safe and good. We're just messing with you. I hate you. I know. It sucks that you're dealing with the ear infection. Uh, you know what? The ear infection isn't so bad today. Uh, Monday, it was a nightmare. Tuesday, the cough started. Yeah. But uh, today, they gave him, the, I guess to clear up the ear inf- infection, they gave you a shot. Like right in the eardrum. Whoa. Mm. <coughs> I would not like that. No, I'm joking. It's actually just in the leg. But, okay. <laughs> but both your of you guys were father, like. Get your kid sick. Get your wife no, sick. No, it would scare me if my kid got sick. Like anything. Like even if my dog throws up, I freak out. I'm like, why did you do that? He probably so. ate too much. Or ate a sock. He does, He eats too fast. I've seen anyway. videos of dogs that are throwing up, vomiting up socks. My dog loves socks. And other things. Anyway. My dog doesn't eat socks. That must be nice. My dog doesn't either. I'm saying I've seen videos of the dogs okay. eating socks. But that's it. Okay. So let's move on to the trial. Kid update. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> anyway, it is okay. great. So it's doing good. For anyone that hasn't seen the Netflix documentary Making a Murderer. Just me. <coughs> it goes over a guy. Yeah. Uh, I guess his trial, whether he was... Um, rightfully or wrongfully convicted of murder. Um, it's 10 episodes, 10 hours of your life, but for most people, you watch episode one and then you watch episode 10, 10 hours later. You yeah. just binge watch it and get through it. But um, Somebody got a message. Yeah, that was me. My bad, oh. my bad. So <laughs> it starts off with this guy um, who was wrongfully convicted of rape in 1985. He, there was a woman running along a beach, and you know he's got a big blonde beard, blonde hair, and whenever she <clears throat> describes him to the sketch artist, she draws a guy that looks just. We like We need him. to give a little back history on the on the guy. I'll quick. do that. He's in raped a, trial. a few people before. Or? No. Okay. No, but this but is this it's is, very, I just go. It's very pertinent. Of actually, the history of the Avery family is very important to why this rape. Well, I'm just starting where the documentary starts. Okay. The episode, first episode is all about that. Yeah, it, but it right. also gives the background of the family. Yeah, and I'll do that. That's part of my strategy. Presenting his story to the judge right now. Okay. Well, I'm just giving the judge the background. So. I appreciate it, Blake. Your Honor, you're so well. I don't feel comfortable with you giving the story about my family, my client's family history. We haven't started that yet. Yeah, but I feel, feel like it'll be jaded. Well, step in anytime I'm wrong. Anyway, sketch artist draws him. Mm-hmm. Police have had some trouble with this guy before. They arrest him. And back in 1985, there was no DNA evidence. There was no GPS, whatever. So it was pretty cut and dry. You kind of look like the sketch. We're going to throw you in prison. In 2003, DNA evidence is available. And they somehow are able to get, excuse me, some pubic hair from the region. And it was linked to someone else. She still had that. They there? did. They they they, they took they, it all. They had the just evidence. In case. <laughs> I was like, "That's gross." No, they did all it. Right. The, they did it the day of the rape, and they found this other guy's. Okay, so they just kept it for whatever reason. Well, yeah, just in, like that's why they free stuff today, like just in case we have the technology later. Okay. Huh. Sounds disgusting. All right. Well, it's it's just police. They got this guy the, out they of jail. They left a cube in a freezer for a few years. It was in a sack. Okay. In a little vial, <laughs> plastic bag. All right. Okay. Anyway, so. Anyway, it was a it was of this other guy, so they released him. Okay, okay. real quick on this other guy. Overruled. His, 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. This other gentleman, his, I can't really call him. This other guy, his name is Gregory Allen. He had a history of sexually assaulting women. And they knew that he was in the area. And he'd actually been been under surveillance by the Manitowoc police. And when the rape happened, coincided with a time when the police actually were not watching him. Oh, okay. So... So he, he got, should be in prison already. Yeah, he should have already been in prison, but they hadn't done all their work, and they were actually, they had pulled themselves off of surveillance. The rape happens, and then they go back to surveilling him. Okay. And the description given matches him to a T more than yeah. it does Stephen Avery. The actual guy. It was severely mishandled. Okay. There was some kind of grudge they had against Stephen Avery. He fit it, and that was their opportunity to mm-hmm. put on The only thing that bars. fit was his, he was blonde and had a beard. Okay. He fit the sketch. This the, is why police the, can't really... Never mind. He didn't fit the body build, though. That, that's the problem. Because Gary Allen was eight to nine inches taller and slender. More slender than than Avery was. Nine inches taller? He was quite a bit taller than Stephen Avery. Yeah. But the but girl th- didn't know? But, uh, yeah, she's being attacked, so her description is kind of iffy. Right. Okay. So, is this where you want to jump in? That's kind of the backstory. He was yeah. basically falsely in prison for 18 years. So He's, he gets out of prison because of the DNA evidence. Mm-hmm. They actually, during his his imprisonment, they were actually, the Manitowoc jail is actually called and said, hey, we think this guy actually did it. Another police department. How do you actually, do that? Like, yeah, so you've had this guy. So, yeah, we, they said, we years. think this is the guy that actually did the crime. Yeah. Manitowoc doesn't even, doesn't even say, okay. That's like 10 years into the process. Mm-hmm. This other, sh- I can't remember the other county, but they said that we think we have your actual assaulter. Manitowoc ignores it. Doesn't do anything with oh, it. Oh, really? So, fast forward eight years, DNA evidence is actually tested. Stephen Avery is proven innocent. Gary Allen is proven guilty. Mm-hmm. So, Stephen Avery is released from prison. Fast forward a little bit farther, about a year down the road. About a Stephen year. Avery sues Manitowoc County. Yeah, for $36 yeah. million. Dollars. Whoa. Okay. So, and... Is that worth 18 years of life? They... It was basically a million a year plus um, 18 million for okay. whatever. Yeah. So, they got to 36. So, he sues the, the county and deposes... And some of the police department is deposed. Mm-hmm. Officer Gary Link, uh, Judy Dvorak, who's the one... Who pointed at Stephen? Who helped guide them yeah, towards Stephen Avery at first? Uh, Sergeant Andrew Coburn, Gene Kush, who was the pre- was the sheriff at the time when he was originally put in jail for the crime, and Kuchurik, is that how you say his name? Sheriff. Yeah. Uh, well, he basically the entire Manitowoc Police Department is deposed, hmm. and. They're being sued for $36 million. So they're not happy. Well, yeah, but it's their fault. It's totally their fault because instead of doing due diligence, whenever the, the Just original... Just she points at someone and says, it's that guy. Well, here's the thing. Whenever they gave, they gave her a description, yeah. it, in the lineup, Gary Allen's picture was never included in the lineup. Gregory. Mm-hmm. Gregory? Oh, yeah, sorry. I said Gary. Mm-hmm. Gregory Do they even Allen. look alike? They do. They do a little bit, okay. but 
I mean, their their features. One's taller, one's shorter, a little yeah. bit, and uh, they both had beards and and blonde hair. But that's so you can shave that. And, yeah. Well, yeah. whenever uh, the the victim was interviewed and everything, she was never actually given a picture of Gregory Allen mm-hmm. to say, "Hey, she just is said, this a possibility?" Hey, he's got a blonde like, beard in this. Yeah, in this. yeah. The police department, Judy. Or the police department said, "Hey, we think this is the guy. Does this look like him?" And they're like, "She's like, yeah, it looks. That's him." Didn't even know. And then, right after he was released, she was actually one of the advocates that came out in support of him because she was so distraught that she helped well, yeah, her she somebody. Felt bad. Yeah, she was actually a really good. The the uh, the Bernstein family is actually a really good family up there. Uh, was this her husband was like a preacher or something, but that's my new he was, show. A, he was a business owner. Business, yeah. Sorry. So they, so that's why that was another reason why they rushed through the trial. Yeah, is these people are like, you know, all Mantwalk County has. Mm-hmm. We need to find a killer yeah. and get him in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, a little back hit his story on the Averys. Stephen Avery was the guy that was convicted that wrongly. Did. No, oh, Stephen Avery okay. was wrongly convicted okay, of yeah. the rape. The Avery family actually is a very reclusive kind of quirky family that lives just on the outskirts of town. Mm-hmm. They own a, a giant, I mean, we're talking massive parcel of land. And on that land, they have a wrecking yard. So all these rusted out cars and stuff like that. Oh, just, okay. You, there's pick and poles and stuff like that. But there's also a rock quarry like on the very far side. That uh, Do they own the rock quarry? No. I don't think they did. But there's the rock quarry. So they think that she got raped anywhere in there? Well, no, no. She was, the the victim was raped on the beach. She was jogging on the beach and she was attacked and raped there. But I'm just giving you the family history of the Avery's. Because they are very, they're kind of an outlawish kind of family. They stand out, they they basically, it's them against everybody else. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way the whole family is. It's just, they're very reclusive, just out there. They do their thing. And that's they don't want they don't care about anybody else. Okay. Okay, okay. got it. So back to the deposition in there. So Stephen Avery is suing the Manitowoc Police Police Department for thirty six million dollars. Okay. And that's when the crime happens. During the deposition. During the or right after the depositions. Well, they weren't done with them yet. They weren't done, but they the the big bulk were done. Most of a most of the the key individuals had been done. Yeah, so he gets uh, okay. So in comes a woman by the name of Teresa Halbach. She was a freelance photographer. She worked for like Auto Trader. She would take pictures of cars or whatever just to kind of get by, and that's how she runs in with Stephen Avery. He's at the salvage yard, fixes up cars. She would come by, take a picture of him, and put him on Auto Trader. Mm-hmm. That's how they knew each other. Well, one day she goes out to his house and goes missing right after that. Oh. They find her body, what, six days later? Yeah. <clears throat> and um, so that's where we pick it up. Okay. So, you know, they take him in. He gets arrested because, you know, her body's found on his property. She, he was the last one to see her. Um, and that's And so it's in the middle of the deposition. So he's got to settle for 144000 I, I don't remember that the total on that. Okay, so he's got to settle the deposition to pay for his new lawyers. Okay. 
And so he gets these, you know, two really good lawyers, and that's when the trial begins, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, that's when the when the, the the two lawyers come in. But I don't think they were all paid for by him. I think part of it was part of the Freedom Project or something. I'm not. Yeah. They're they're being paid. I don't know exactly, but it doesn't matter. When he was released after 18 years, he was kind of like this hero, like. Yeah. This man was falsely imprisoned, like yeah. um, state delegates. So and all why these would he kill somebody when he's been support. in prison for eighteen years? Yeah, why would you get out for a couple of years? Like he actually kill somebody. He actually his life wasn't great. Stephen Avery is not a smart man. Okay, obviously. Most of the Avery clan is not of high intelligence. Okay. Uh, Are they mentally unstable in any way? No, they're just not very bright. Yeah, okay. they're just. I mean, that's, that's but they're, I mean. they're, like, they're 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 pretty. Not, they're not like retarded or okay. anything. They're just they're just slow, they're simple, nice. normal yeah. people. Okay. I, well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm obviously racist, so I don't care. <laughs> yeah. But they are they're they're really honest people too. Okay. Like whenever they've done whenever they did they've done something they've always fess up say yes yeah. I did that. Mm-hmm. But when they don't do something they're adamant about saying I didn't do that. Yeah. So is he saying I did not do this? Yes, he okay. is. And through the entire eighteen years, he's like, I, you know, I didn't do this. I didn't yeah. do this. Yeah. And then he was. And they're right. and they're like, you can get out now if you just admit it. And he's like, I didn't do it. I will stay here because I did not do this crime. Yeah. So should we start, or are you going to keep influencing the judge? No, I'm not influencing the judge at all. Uh oh. Okay, so what's the sides here? What are we? He's prosecution. I'm defense. So I'm going to try and tell you why he is guilty. Okay. He's going to try and tell you why he's innocent. Okay. Who goes first? You're trying to put my guy behind jail. You go first. Okay. Behind bars, okay. not jail. Thank you behind for that. Jail. And I'll cue the people's court theme. <laughs> That's the quantum leap theme. That's not... <laughs> anyway, and those little letters clicking, that's uh, Blake Jones, prosecution, law degree from Stanford. <clears throat> anyway, all right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned that Stephen Avery is not that bright. Okay. Um, in high school, his IQ was leveled out to 70, which is very below average. Um, he has had a criminal past. He lit a cat on fire, like he doused it in gasoline, threw it on fire. He's got animal, animal cruelty charges. Yeah, it's not a good sign. Him and his friends committed a breaking and entering, broke into a bar, stole some money, roughed it up. So, uh, then there was another time that he got in his car and ran his female cousin off of the road and aimed a gun at her hmm. because she was spreading rumors. Okay. So this is not this guy's first run-in with crime. Right. He's had a past. Now, in 1985, he was arrested for raping Penny Burstein. Which later, we find out that he didn't do. Um, But while he was in prison, um, he married before he went to prison. He had four kids. Um, Obviously, raising four kids on your own, you kind of want to get out when this guy is facing life in prison. May I interject here? Overruled. Why? I'm just kidding. Why are you interrupting? Because I think this, the woman he married also had a child before they got married, and he helped raise that child. So he stepped in where the other father... just trying to add... Yeah, we got to take turns here. I just want to say overruled every time you say that. Every time you raise your hand. Well, save it. Like, 
When you have your turn, that's when you can bring that up. That's how this works. Anyway. I need a gavel. <laughs> Should have brought that. Anyway, so they, they start having some strife between them. Um, she's like, you know, I'm going to leave you. You're going to be in life in prison. He doesn't take that very well. In one letter, he writes, I quote, bring my kids or I'll kill you. Ha ha. Okay. Basically, he doesn't. Oh, well. Because, <laughs> you know, he wrote out ha ha. With it, combine his IQ. <laughs> combine his IQ, his crime history, and his temper while in prison. He just doesn't handle things well. Does he have um, him and his wife any domestic violence there? Any domestic abuse? Good thing you asked, Honor, because he does not. What's going on? I mean, this is just a question I had. Why? I wasn't Why are asking you Killer. I was asking you. He does not have any domestic violence at home. There should be... That is listed because some women don't call it in. Continue, Blake. Especially in the 1980s. Yes. I'll bring that back up. You mentioned domestic violence. He gets released in 2003. They get the divorce. Okay. While he's in prison. He gets released as a single man. He gets married to a woman named Jody. So he's married to Jody from like, I don't know, for maybe six to eight months before the trial comes up for Teresa Halbach. Mm Mm-hmm. Funny you mentioned domestic violence because there is a history of domestic violence between him and Jody. Okay. He beats her, does all this kind of stuff. Okay. Whatever. You mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. why would someone commit a crime after being released for 18 years? You know, this whole PTSD, whatever, you go to war, you come back, you're not the same. That's true. After 18 years in prison, you're not going to be the same person that you went in as. There's going to be some kind of grudge you're going to hold against somebody, anybody, and given his past, he's got something towards females. Domestic violence, Obviously. his cousin, everything. So, um, Teresa starts taking pictures for him for Auto Trader. One day she shows up and he's wearing nothing but a towel. Will I ever get to inter- like give any defense against what you just... On your turn, well, yes, you can. I will. But your turn's drink. taking forever. I'm on my last Your honor, point. I'd like to interject <laughs> some here. He's almost done. Hold on. <laughs> I'm baffled at this. Anyway, shows up in a towel. By the way, Jody is in prison for DUI. So he's living by himself. Okay. So So his wife is in prison too. Well. Right. Okay. Like I said, Avery's <laughs> not really helping. Avery's are a little different. Okay. They're just shunned out for a reason. Whatever. So he's he, so at the time of Teresa's um disappearance, he's by himself. He's on this little land in this little trailer by mm-hmm. himself. Um Teresa specifically asked to not go back to his house because he creeps her out. Okay. To get her there, he uses Star 67 and uses a fake name to get Auto Trader to get her to go out there. Mm. Not looking good, killer. And then, like I said, he was the last person to see her. And I'll get into more evidence later, but that's the setup. He's the last person to see her. Use Star 67. Doesn't handle things well. Yeah. Maybe has a grudge. Not a and very smart guy. And he doesn't have someone to... And there's no one... There's yeah. no alibi. He has you no may... female at the moment. He's probably wanting another female. And like I said, he had, had shown signs of beating Jody before. Now that she's not there, he has no escape for maybe his rage, not handling things well. I don't know. Okay, I'm... Killer's turn. <clears throat> so... No, just say big, big against domestic violence, so good luck. Yeah. So... 
while Jody is in jail, I'm going to start at the end and work my way back. Okay. 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 While Jody is in jail, they are in constant contact by via via the phone, and there's multiple multiple recorded messages of them, their conversations between the two, that you can tell that he misses her and he's in love and he's devoted to her. He wants nothing but to have her back in his life as fast as possible. And he's being supportive of her the entire time. Every phone call, he's motivating her to be on her best behavior while in jail. While in jail. So she can get out sooner. So she can get out sooner. Okay. So you have that part. Step farther back. <clears throat> now I'm trying to remember everything because he listed off so much well, in I'll his go back. opening okay. statement. Uh, letters from the prison. The oh, with his original, his first wife. That whenever they first got together, she had another child, and he helped raise that child. Mm-hmm. And then while together, they had four more, mm-hmm. three, I think. Okay, yeah, sorry, three. So the total of four, four children. Uh, he raised one that wasn't his as his own, and then had was it twins? And they had the girl first, and then the twin boys. Yeah. Where were the kids when the supposed killing happened? The original mother. Took the, the four okay. children with her. Okay. So, of course, he was in jail for something that he didn't do. Mm-hmm. And his wife was out supporting four children on her own. The Avery family stepped in and helped out a little bit, but it's not the same, you know. So, with all the level high levels of frustration, she finally got tired and moved on. And when she moved on, she she was the one thing keeping him sane in jail. When she moved on and she took the kids with him, with her, he he was lost. Like, his family was gone. Okay. So, of course, you're going to be distraught. So, when you get out of jail, what do you have to live for? The thing is, when he got out of jail, when he got out of jail, proving that he was innocent, mm-hmm. he had a new lease on life. And that's when he met Jody. And that's he just started trying to get everything back together. Okay. He wanted to... When he first came out of jail, all he wanted to do was spend time with his family. And he immediately started working with his father on the, at the wrecking yard, repairing cars, getting things back up and running. So his father wasn't on the lot either when this supposedly happened. Yes, Blake. <laughs> they all live on the same plot yeah. of land, but they're in trailers. So yeah. they have a couple okay. trailers here, a couple trailers there. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. They're all on the same land. Sorry, just so. a question. No, that's fine. Matter of fact, his... Stephen Avery's trailer is right next to his, is it his cousin's house or it's his sister, his sister's house, and she lives there with her husband and two sons. So again, no one was around when well, it happened. Whenever the timeline is really shaky, because you have two gentlemen. When Teresa Halbach, yes, she did not want to go back to Stephen Avery's house mm-hmm. to take photographs. When she went back and took the photos of a van, I believe it was, when she took pictures of the vehicle that she was there to take, she was seen by Stephen Avery's nephew and brother-in-law. I got their names here. Scott Tadlick and Bob Gassie. So, thank you. She is seen by them at uh, 2.45 in the afternoon. She is seen at a given time, and that's when that she they say that they saw her. Now here's the here's the kicker about these two gentlemen. When they see her, they're the only alibis for each other. 
Nobody else right. sees them. So they say that, and they don't even talk to each other. They pass by each other as they're driving. So they don't actually know an exact time, but they know Bobby Dassey says he was going to go hunting, mm-hmm. and Scott says he was coming back or just driving by. So they barely even see each other and see the vehicle for Teresa Halbach. Okay. Now, there is a third witness that is actually an official. I guess you can call her an official of the uh, school district, loosely. Yeah. She is a school bus driver. Okay. And she actually sees Teresa Halbach. So it's about three. 3.15 3.15 or 3.20 in the afternoon, okay. between 3.20 and 3.30, mm-hmm. which is a 45-minute a difference between when two gentlemen who have no other alibi see her, and mm-hmm. which if, if you follow their timeline, will mess it up everything sense. else. It does, oh, their timeline doesn't make any sense at all. Uh-huh. So because this this actual person that actually goes stops and drops off kids at this same spot every day at the exact same time sees the the victim so alive alive she's still alive at 3 okay. she was alive i believe at 3 oh, I at 3 so, tw- at 3:30 i believe it is what it, i think that's when she sees sees Teresa Halbach okay. so uh, so that draws into big questions right here now there's the victim the discovery of the victim is where things get really shaky Right, like I need to know if she had bullet holes in her or. So that's the part. That's the part of the evidence. This that's, is so far the setup. I mean, if yeah. you're done, well, it's basically. I will admit this: my client is not an intelligent man, and he has done some things in his past. Yes, he threw a cat through a fire. He threw admits, or doused. He threw a cat through da- a fire. Doused in gasoline, thrown on a bonfire. There is I mean, so. He has done some things that are very dark, but rape and killing is not one of them of a human being. It's kind of killing a cat. Of a human being, he is not <laughs> guilty. Okay. The darkness is there. No normal person throws a cat on a fire. No normal person aims a gun at your cousin. There's obviously some darkness there. There's some... I'm not going to say my, my client is mentally stable. <laughs> And it shows, you know, you mentioned... He does need to have a motive to actually killing her, though. And I don't see a motive right now. I would point out that this county has put you in jail for 18 years. You need... It just makes you kind of weird in the head. I mean, you combine his past, plus the 18 years, plus the domestic violence. Then he goes to living on his own. Now what do you do? I I will argue that, yes, it will mess with your head. But his family had helped him get to where he was able to live on his own again. And the fact that he was he was going to be guaranteed a large payday. But Jody's now in jail too. Yes, but she's not going to be in jail forever. She will be getting out shortly. And matter of fact, it wasn't much longer before she was going to be getting out. What is shortly? Whole, like how long had she been in jail before this happened? Just a couple months. And she only had a couple more maybe six months left on her stay in jail. So she wasn't going to be gone for, she's going to be gone a while, but not so long as like he was gone, you know? So his family was, his life was going to be okay. So 
So you think. <laughs> he gets this girl who won't take pictures for him mm-hmm. because she's creeped out by him. Who who did she say that to? Just the boss or the auto trader? Okay. Right. And so when Stephen calls and says, hey, uh, can you send out, you know, Teresa to come take pictures? Actually, no, we can't. She uh, has, you know, chosen not to take pictures for you. Mm-hmm. All this rage comes in and it feels like, you know, it's just a revenge. It's a revenge against Mantowalk. It's a revenge against Jody being in prison. It's just, and he doesn't think clearly. He doesn't handle things well. So he probably did get pissed because he was like, why didn't she come out here? Well. Yeah, but that's we no reason to that kill information. someone. I mean, but, uh, but there's no reason to throw gasoline on a cat. Right, no reason to aim a gun, no reason to write. I would say harming an animal is totally different than killing a human. Okay, well, he's bringing up the cousin thing. He did put a gun to her head. He did the- not put the gun to the cousin's head. Matter of fact, the gun never came within 15 feet of the cousin because it was standing outside of his car. She was 50 yards down the road, and he was yelling at her so, with an unloaded weapon. So I guess bullets can't travel fast. With an unloaded weapon. Still had it. He still had it, but it was not loaded. So you can't and it was she never. Didn't know that, it though. was actually later admitted by the cousin that the weapon was actually never aimed at her; that it was just held. That Officer uh, Judy Dvorak actually had her say that it was aimed at her, so that they could go pick Stephen Avery up. Because Judy was deposed, and she would have been in the same amount of trouble because of the deposition, because of being sued. She would have lost her job. So she instantly wanted to discredit Stephen Avery as fast as she could. And being good friends with the cousin that was that was approached by Stephen Avery, but was never aimed at, was only yelled at. I've never been accused of aiming a gun at my cousin because I don't get put in that situation. I once again, I never said my my client is not intelligent. Can we agree that he doesn't handle things well? I can also agree, if you agree, that the Manitowoc Police Department does not handle things well. I agree that they... When it comes to the kind of family, it's very clouded and very shady. Well, they didn't cross their T's and dot their I's because they needed a victim, or they needed a killer for the Bernstein family. They couldn't go on anymore saying, I don't know who killed them. So yes, they may have rushed Stephen Avery into that, but he absolutely fit descriptions and fit He had a troubled childhood, obviously. Right. So he also had no, like, no personal why he would be able to But you ask, why did he kill her? I think his past shows that he doesn't handle things so well. So in his IQ of a 70 mind, killing someone is just how he handles stuff. Okay. Can we go to evidence now? Okay. So we'll go to evidence in the next segment. Yeah. So, so evidence is where... Yeah. Yeah. That was a long segment. So let's, let's, let's try to take a break. We'll come back with evidence to prove that we may have reached innocence. Thanks. Thanks. Welcome back to day two of the Steve Mabry trial. That was horrible. That's better. <laughs> Sorry. We're back. 
We're back to this very professional go, go, trial. Game face uh, on. Stephen Avery. And uh, we're getting down to the evidence portion. And thanks to a lucky coin flip, I will go first. Now, Stephen Avery was the last person to see her. And we have alibis of people that say, yeah, she was uh, the last person I saw her with was Stephen Avery. Mm-hmm. Teresa Hoback drove a Toyota RAV4, a green one. That was found on Stephen Avery's property. Family property. Are you blaming one of his family members? Okay. Continue. So sustained, I think is the word you're looking for. Okay. There were six pieces of Stephen Avery's DNA in her car. So there were six different places of blood, Stephen Avery's blood, inside of Teresa Hoback's car. Hmm. The bu- they found a bullet with Teresa Hallbach's DNA on it. Like you mentioned before, you need a bullet. Right. There was a bullet with her DNA on it that came from his gun that hung above his bed. Okay. I'm at the halfway point. All right. I mean, so, that's pretty much all I need to know. Oh, just wait. So, just wait. Good just luck. Just wait. So, we're going to start back. The the firearm, that he, the, the gun. Yes. Well... Yes, there was, the gun is hanging above Stephen Avery's bed. In, bed in his home, but that rifle was actually try Scott, his brother-in-law, uh-huh. was actually trying to sell that rifle. So he had possession of the rifle for but most of the time. But it was hanging above his bed. When the police came to the house, it had been returned back to Stephen Avery. Objection. That's yes. speculatory. You don't know when the gun was taken or put back. I don't, but neither do you. Okay. <laughs> so that's so, so stricken. But no taken. But it All was right. the uh, brother-in-law has had possession of said firearm. Okay. So he to sell it because he's trying to sell it. So he he's trying to sell it. The brother, it. the brother-in-law, one of the people to, to notice that to be one of the last people to witness right around Hallbach alive. They think his only alibi. Is his son or his stepson? Sorry, mm-hmm. and they are the, each other's alibis, and they do not talk. They only see each other in the vehicle, and they cannot confirm what time they saw this happen. Okay, so they have no alibi for the time that the the crime is supposedly happens. Okay, they also have a strong possibility of having possession of the firearm that discharged the bullet that had. Hallbach DNA on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the blood in the car. The blood was not found. There was blood found in the back of the car that matched blood from other other situations. But there was no actual, the the damning. There absolutely was. There was blood, but it was, it was in the back of the vehicle. Am I correct? No, it was by the key start. There were six other places in the oh, front of right. the car. <laughs> it's been two months since I watched this thing. Sorry. But the, uh. The the fact that the vehicle was found on the wrecking yard, the wrecking yard itself, where Stephen Avery worked, can also be the, the he parked the vehicle there as a regular job. He didn't he we can already state that his intelligence is extremely low. Yes, but so his he could move a vehicle and put it someplace and not even realize that hey, this was somebody else's vehicle. Did he have to cover it up with trees, branches and other car hoods? We don't know that he did that. Somebody did. It doesn't mean Stephen Avery did it. 
Okay. So but if Stephen Avery's blood is in the car, I mean, <laughs> how well, do you okay. explain let me, that? Let me ask you this then. Then why, if Stephen Avery's blood is in the car, okay, mm-hmm. and you're, you automatically assume that Teresa Halbach is taking care of is killed somewhere on the Avery premises. Right. And so maybe Stephen saw. Maybe Stephen saw. But the question I have then for defense, or prosecution, I, I apologize, I'm defense. The question I have for them is, why is her DNA not found in his home or his garage? Or the only place that's found is, well, only three places, by the way, that her DNA, her 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 bones are found are in a burn pit, a burn can, and in the rock quarry some 8 to 10 miles away. So you want to talk about the bones now? I think it's a very, very thing. You need to talk about the bones. The bones are very what important is, here. What is Steven saying about this? Like, what is his... She came by. Steven says, Steven's story is, she came by, she took pictures of the vehicle, he got a copy of the magazine. Mm-hmm. They took the magazine back inside the house, and then she went on her way. Okay, that still doesn't explain why the, his blood is in the car. It doesn't explain why her his blood is in the car, but I my theory, because just like prosecution's theory of Stephen Avery killing my client or killing the victim, I'm sorry, is that he was put in charge of dis- disposing of the vehicle into the wrecking yard because it was given there. Oh, okay. So he didn't or, know it was her car. Or the blood was planted. Do you think anyone in that family would actually be smart enough to do that? To put his his blood in the car? And no. to put the gun above his bed. I don't think he is, but I think there's individuals in this case that are intelligent enough to frame my client. You're talking about his brother? I'm talking about the Manitowoc Police Department, ma'am. Oh, look at this. Spin on that. Okay, so what's your point? That they just went ahead and did all Why this? Why would they kill her? Okay, here's so here's my thing. I don't I don't know if they killed her or not. Okay. But I think they saw her death as an opportunity to get themselves out of trouble. Okay. Because they didn't do their idea of police Just so they work, wouldn't have to pay the $3 billion. As soon as this happened, or the it comes out, how long, how many days was it before her roommate finally decided that, hey, there's something wrong, Hallbox not coming, Tracy's not coming home? Six days. Six days after this happens, her roommate finally says, hey, there's something wrong. Okay. The first thing the Manitowoc Police Department do is go after Stephen Avery. First off, what a horrible roommate. Six days? After one day, I'd be like, um, roommate's not well, here. What the hell? Well, it's, her roommate is also an ex-boyfriend. Okay. No, roommate and ex-boyfriend but, are two different people. Oh, that's right. That's right. But the ex-boyfriend helps crack into her, her voicemails. And some her boyfriend has... So cracks into, helps second. crack into her voicemails. Which, by the way, there are voicemails... That are deleted, and basically someone went in after the phone was frozen 
and deleted some of the voicemails. That's weird. So, so that we don't know what those were. We okay. don't know who they came from, what was said in them. Government. Ex-boyfriend yelling at her. <laughs> yeah. Like being upset with her, threatening her maybe. We don't know. So you think the ex-boyfriend could have done it too? I think we're, we'll get we'll get there. So what you're saying is Bobby, Dassey, and Scott Tadlick don't have alibis, so they're suspects. Mantua mm-hmm. County planted all this stuff, so they're suspects. Ex-boyfriend could have been mad at her, so he's a suspect. Roommate was pretty crappy, so he's a suspect. Well, who yes. is it? I, I don't know, because the Manitowoc Police Department didn't do a thorough job. Instead of looking at all the avenues, that all the possibilities, and all the people that were suspect, instead of looking at everybody, they focused in on one person and one person only and did everything they could to find any piece of evidence and put it on him. Here's why there are they, a lot of other... Here's why they looked at Stephen Avery so hard. He was the last person to see her. His gun shot her. Well, here's the thing. He's not... We don't know if he's actually the last person to see her. That's the issue that we have. Stephen Avery says he's not, and the two, the brother-in-law and the, the the nephew, both say that they saw him going in. But we don't know. They don't have an alibi. There's three whole people here that don't have an alibi. Not to mention the fact that we don't know where the boyfriend was at this time. We don't know where their roommate was at this time. So you, by focusing on one person, they've totally nullify like they totally ruined the investigation all around not to mention the fact is the Manitowoc Police Department also brought in the the family and the brother the the ex-boyfriend and the, the roommate to help search for her which by the way help find them find the vehicle the gun is what narrows it down though like why would the ex-boyfriend roommate whatever have his gun yeah I think the gun narrows it down to three people yeah and the thing is you can't it's you can't say hey who did it because there's no blood of Teresa Hallbacks found in in the house if she has supposedly been killed in that house oh you hadn't gone into that because that's yeah i've never said she was killed in the house yeah you didn't because i'm thinking about the documentary i'm sorry okay so i did get my part 2 now yeah okay so teresa's boss had noticed that there had been someone calling her and harassing her mm-hmm. through phone calls. We know that Stephen Avery had star 67 her numerous times. Right. Probably fits the bill for harassing her to get her to come out there. But it could be her ex-boyfriend too. Could be. Okay. Yeah. One of those voicemails was Stephen saying, hey, why didn't you come by? His alibi is she came, took the pictures, left. Why is he saying, why didn't you come by? If that's his story. It doesn't really add up. Yeah. Also, the bones that were we mentioned before, she was shot and then she was burned to get rid of the evidence. But they found bones in his burn pit. Now, there's an alibi of someone else that they had a huge bonfire there where they threw in, like, you know, old car stuff, tires, seats, mm-hmm. you know, seat belts, whatever. Her bones, her phone, and her Palm Pilot were all in that pit intertwined with seat belts, seat covers. Not all hoods. of her bones. Okay. Some of her bones were also discovered actually burned in the rock quarry. So eight to ten miles why would away. You... So Stephen couldn't have moved him? Why couldn't the brother in law or the nephew? Because he's not or the <laughs> that's not I that's not who's on trial. Stephen Avery is on trial here. 
I need to know why they were separated. Why would you... After shooting them, why wouldn't you just... Because you have human bones in your front yard. He would try to move them to get rid of the evidence. Okay. But here's the, think, like, here's the problem with this. The, uh, the rock quarry only had a couple bones. It had a very small amount. Mm-hmm. The burn pit in his backyard had, if you're going to put a percentage, at probably like 98% of the bones were in the burn pit. That's speculation. I'm trying to give a rough estimate. That's a bad there, rough estimate. <laughs> there was very little found in the rock quarry. Most of it. A majority, vast majority was found in the burn pit in the backyard. Where the burning probably took place. No? I, why would you have two different spots? Why would you leave most of the bones in your backyard? Here's the thing. So Scott and Bobby went hunting or whatever. They went off. Mm-hmm. There were only two people, Stephen Avery and Brennan Dassey, on the property at the time. If someone is shot, oh, by the burned, way, you haven't been told who Brendan Dassey is yet. No, that's well, not part of the trial. Well, you just brought him up as part of the. There, okay, there was a nephew that was right next door. Okay. If someone is shot, murdered, raped, whatever, <laughs> you would hear. Something. Stephen would see it. Stephen would know his gun is gone. Stephen wouldn't have moved the car. Stephen is there. He would have known. And if he had known, he would have changed. It, said, "Well, Scott was kind of messing around. Unless I did hear a gunshot." Well, yeah, he should have heard a gunshot no matter what. Unless his brother-in-law did have the gun. But the th- th- if uh, someone's going to hear a gunshot, But why everybody's would his brother-in-law kill this woman? Well, and why wouldn't everybody hear the gunshot? What do you mean? Why, a, they're why, the, why wouldn't the, pe- the, the, rest of the, Avery, the rest of the Avery family, why wouldn't there was no other people Avery at the family. wrecking yard hear There's the no gunshot? one there. It's just the Averys. How do we know there's no one there? Because it says everyone else was gone. Well, the wrecking heart is right there. It's you, the gunfire does not just stay within a fifty-yard radius; it'll echo through the area. You can hear a gunshot like I don't think you a quarter mile away. Yeah, gunshots are pretty loud. They so are get, really loud. But it's You'll also a wrecking it. yard. Hmm? It's also a wrecking yard. Cars are getting crushed, whatever. So, and it, <laughs> but there's there's other people in the area. Their homes. There, somebody else would have heard a gunshot go off. So you're going to hang your case on somebody should have. There's a lot of should haves that weren't yeah. taken care of the proper way what to lead us to where we are right now. If Teresa was murdered, Stephen would have heard something, saw something, but he says he didn't. And in the documentary, you'd think he would go on trial and say, this is what I did this day, take questions, whatever, but he refused to take the stand. Yeah, see, him refusing to take a stand is kind of guilty to me. I'm like, all right, well. If an innocent person doesn't have anything to hide. Right. And so him not taking the stand points to something. Now, if he did, if Scott was the one that killed him, killed her, and Stephen did help, then he's still guilty for conspiring or helping a murder. Yeah. Well, that's, the problem is, you're not going after Scott. (laughs) You can't. The, the The fact is that all the evidence that has been gathered is skewed in one way, and it's not been collected properly. It's not the search hasn't been done the correct way. It's, there's many suspects in this whole situation that have not been looked at, have not been questioned, have nothing has been done with them. 
the discovery of the vehicle itself on the Avery property is very questionable. 500 acres of land filled with automobiles. Mm -hmm. Filled with automobiles. This lady walks onto the property. If you're looking for a car on 500 acres of land, and how long do you think it'll take you to find the vehicle? A ton. Like, no. There's no way. A couple hours at least. Yeah. At least. 20 minutes. She yeah, walked right back to where the vehicle was. That's she walked weird. right back to where the vehicle was. 500 acres is a lot of land. As prosecution has stated before, the vehicle was covered up with branches and other other trash. And she picked it out of the of the whole thing and went straight up to it, knowing basically with a heat-seeking missile right to it. Mm-hmm. Back up a couple nights, and Sergeant... Uh, uh, Andrew Colburn. Sergeant Colburn is talking to dispatch about the said vehicle and reads out or recites a license plate number, basically like he's reading it off of the actual license plate looking for this vehicle. And it's like he's looking at the vehicle yeah. when they're when he's asking about it. He describes it, gives off the license plate number. Like it's right there in front of him. And at this point in time, the vehicle's missing. Yet, he gives an accurate description and a license plate number like he's reading it off. Mm-hmm. Then you go the next co- a day or so later. This lady, is it Barbara Sturm? Yeah. Bob Sturm's aunt <laughs> walks straight up to the vehicle and identifies it. It's pretty weird. So. I will say. Yes, it is a 500-acre land. It was at the top right of those 500 acres. By the way, ex-boyfriend was helping organize the search party there. Which he was clarified to do, yeah. He shouldn't have had... He shouldn't have been part of this at all. He should have been a suspect. Yeah, not if he was... Why is he a suspect? Because he doesn't have an alibi for the situation. He's accessed... I don't have an alibi for the situation. You don't, but have you accessed her her voicemails? I don't have her passwords. (laughs) He, He broke into it. He admits on the stand... That he cracks into her voicemails. I think you're using crack, Lucy. They were in a serious relationship, and he knew the password. He guessed the password. He says that during the documentary. I guess I just figured it out. I guessed it. And so if your ex-girlfriend had been murdered, you wouldn't try to help at all? I wouldn't be deleting voicemails. I wouldn't be trying. I would be, if I was going to break Objection. into someone's. Objection. If I was deleted them. If I was going to break, help get into my ex's voicemails, I would make sure that the police were sitting there with me. I would, would not. I would not sit there and try. If I'm completely innocent of something, I would make sure that everybody was there when I would do something like that. That would be construed. That could be thought of as possibly like. Uh, you say that but it's like Gone Girl, where he like is completely innocent, and these things just make him look bad all the time. And he doesn't even mean it. It's like, yeah. oh well. Like well, he's just trying to help his yeah. ex girlfriend. Yeah, but you shouldn't. If you're going to help, help the police. Give them the access. Help them get into it. But if you have a hunch, you're not going to call the police and say, "Hey, I know her password. Maybe something's here." They're not going to dedicate an officer off of your hunch. Manitowoc. And he may have called the police. Manitowoc it's- obviously doesn't want to devote anything to finding anybody else. So. It does make them look really bad. Manitowoc County? Yes. How? Just because the fact that they found the car so fast. Okay. And that they were being sued for so much because they had this guy in jail. 
for so long on no, nothing but a picture. And a witness. And, okay, well, and the girl just pointing at him saying, yeah, that that was him. I mean, that's kind of a lot in 1985. I don't know. Okay, back to finding the car. So if you if you're given some kind of puzzle to find something like maybe like a crossword puzzle, mm-hmm. what do you okay? So you start at the top, work your way over, go down a row, work your way over, and just kind of go that way, right? Yeah. She starts at the top left, works her way to the top right. The car was in the top right, and okay. it's covered by branches, hoods. No, it's not. It's in the bottom right. It's in the top right. It was in the bottom right. Picture, it was she had to go uh, directly across to get to it. It was in the back well, corner. She of the started in the same area as the car, did she not? No. Yes, she did. She, they came in through the front entrance. It was at the back of the wrecking yard. They started right next to where the car was found. Because she even points at in the documentary and says, we started here, we worked over a row, I saw this corner where some cars were, and a car was covered up, so I decided to look at it. So they conveniently went to the back of the wrecking yard to start from back there, I'm instead t- of the front of the You start yard. in a corner, and you work your way in. That's what I'm saying. They started in the back corner of the wrecking yard. They didn't start at the beginning, at the front, like... Normal if you're going to hide a do. car, you don't hide it in the front. But normal search parties would start at the very beginning no. and work their way back. Is he smart enough to hide a car to begin with? And is he smart enough to burn bones like that? Actually, there was a prisoner when he was in jail saying that, and he quoted Stephen as saying, burning a body gets rid of the DNA. Oh, okay, that's not good. Unless the cops told that guy to say it. Yeah, I guess because this <laughs> Manitowoc County is out to get everybody planning evidence and everything yep it's a big stretch (laughs) anyway she started at a corner worked her way over it did take her 20 minutes 20 minutes and she conveniently started right by it she started in the right conveniently started right by it like my parents live on just one acre and that's and where would you start big right here okay you'd start in a corner lower left okay you'd start in a corner then where would you go Probably go. I guess would I you should go, go right. Would I would you go, go straight, or would you go towards the middle? That's not uh, very smart, right? So you'd start. <laughs> you wouldn't go straight from the middle. <laughs> I don't know. You, okay, so you, if you start in a corner, you go to one corner and work your way. Just kind of work your way towards the middle. Yeah. She was working the outsides, working her way in when she found the car. When she, she conveniently started. Stop at the saying back conveniently. The, it's yeah. It well, might have been a little con- lucky. It's just, I guess. Okay, so she luckily started. Right where the vehicle was parked. So in every detective case, every detective has never gotten lucky by looking at a certain area. Did he explain why there was his blood in the car? Like, no. does he have scratches or anything on him, like from her? He's got There's scratches made... from working in the wrecking yard. So that's right. why he has blood in her car. Why is he in the car? Because he I... was moving it just because he thought it was... <laughs> why is the car still there if she left? I'm not saying it's... the car was... Like brought into he had to have known that was vehicle. her car, though, right? She you know showed up in fours it. Are out there? She showed up in that car. It's a very popular vehicle in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's tough. Have they ended this yet? Like, okay. So, do you want to wrap it up? Do you want to give? Do you want me to give my statement? And then you give. Yeah, your you statement? give your statement. Okay. Four. The judge and the jury. Okay. To say that Stephen Avery is innocent. <coughs> Then you have to be a hundred percent sure that Man to Walk killed Teresa Halbach, planted her car, mm-hmm. planted Stephen Avery's blood in the car, took Stephen Avery's gun without him knowing somehow, shot her, burned her in his own burn pit, 
all why he is why he's still there. Okay. And last person to be seen, he did star sixty seven or he did leave a voicemail. He does have a bad history of not being able to handle things, has a history of domestic violence. He fits everything. All these speculations of this guy's a suspect and this guy's a suspect is just like reaching. Like you're trying to pass blame to something else when this guy had how do you explain the blood? How do you explain her being the last person there? There are people that said that she was the last person there. Like saw her at three twenty. He was the only person there. Maybe had I don't know. He just he fits fits all of the evidence. Final statement, killer. So for Stephen Avery to be the only one investigated tells me that there's an agenda by the Manitowoc Police Department. The fact that there are at least four other people that have no alibi that could have easily done the same crime and were not even remotely looked at by the Manitowoc Police Department because, my, may I say, that they're not being sued by those four individuals. None of them have an alibi. For you to convict Stephen Avery means that, without a doubt, no question, he did this. And that, without a doubt, no question, these four other individuals had nothing to do with it. And that there is no agenda to pin this on him by the Manitowoc Police Department. Because if he does is not convicted, they all stand to lose their livelihoods and the city itself loses $36 million. It's really sad to say that a woman's life has a value, but the city of Manitowoc has put a value on this woman's life. Oh, he rehearsed that. Do we get rebuttals or not? Not in final statements. I thought we did. No. On behalf of what this 70s cubicle we're in right now, I find Stephen guilty. That's my gavel. Sorry. Because oh. I, I hate woman abusers. Sorry. And I forgot to say that a key was found in his room. Dang it. Yeah, it was planted. I mean... Oh, of course everything was. The gun is pretty, you know... But, okay, so some, some of the things that we didn't really discuss is they when they searched his home, Yeah. they did a DNA test, didn't find any of her DNA. Mm-hmm. And there was uh, Brandon Dassey. We couldn't use his... His testimony because it was coerced out of the police. Brendan Dassey said that they had killed her in the in the house in the bedroom, had slit her throat and stabbed her to death. Jesus! In in the bedroom, so there would have been DNA evidence all over the the trailer. Yeah. There was none, and then they also said that they they moved her body to the garage, and they would have found DNA evidence in the garage. Mm-hmm. They found none of her DNA evidence. They found tons of Avery family DNA but none of the Hallbach DNA. They did find a key to Hallbach's car in Stephen Avery's bedroom, but the only DNA on it was Stephen Avery's DNA. There was no Hallbach DNA on the key. So it had been cleaned, and then his DNA had been put on it. So how does that happen? Yeah. He uh, cleaned it and then left yeah, his DNA on it? but why would you... I mean, why would you clean it? And if you're gonna if you're gonna clean it, why are you gonna take it back home with you? So is this trial over? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she so, found me guilty. Okay. Or found Stephen Avery guilty. I don't is that think, what this whole like Netflix series is about? Yeah, you're just trying to determine like who did it. Yeah. 
Is there well, find one that, answer? There's, so no much, there's not a right answer. Yeah, no. not so much like who did it, but is he guilty is the big question. Because they found him guilty by, by jury. Yeah. But some Good. since then, That's some of the people much. in the jury have said we felt pressured into saying that he was guilty. Yeah. So now that the trial's over, I don't think he did it. Oh, really? Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> I've just Blake. been trying to yeah. come up with a good I case. mean, I haven't watched it, but yeah. from what I've heard... But again, I could see the police, you know, coming to his house and being like, hey, if you don't drop this, uh, yeah. we're going to make it really bad for you. I mean, there's, like, well, there's a I lot... Didn't drop it, so. You need to watch it. There's a lot of shady stuff that the Manitowoc Police Department does. The fact that, like I, I pointed out... That there are other people without alibis yeah. that they don't the even look at. The fact that they didn't at. even question them is kind of weird. Like, usually in a murder sus- murder case, the husband or the boyfriend are the very first person you looked at. In, yeah. in ex-boyfriends, you look at even faster. Yeah. I know, but <laughs> she was seen with him. Like, that's where the first place you go. I, oh, get, no, I no. get that part. I know, but I'm saying that's... But one of the very first people that is always suspected is an ex... Or current, I know, but spouse. I'm not trying to defend them, but like when the, when he is the first look because that was the last place she was. Oh, his gun did shoot her. Oh, his her bones are found on his property. I get why he was an easy suspect. Yeah, I I think he is an easy suspect. Multiple multiple reasons. Not so much. Not only not only is it because it was there and his weapons, but there is a total dislike and hatred from that city. I can't say that city, but that police department towards that family and that man in 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 particular. Yeah. So it's the fact that another county actually was called in to do the investigation, mm-hmm. but the Manitowoc people jumped in and helped do a lot of the investigations. Uh-huh. And during the during the trial, a lot of the stuff. Every time they the prosecution would the the entire trial is a speculation of what actually happened. Because no one was actually there. Yeah. And the the prosecution, actually, before the trial happens, before the jury's picked, they have a press conference, and they tell you what they think happened on the news so everybody in Wisconsin knows the base of the yeah. story. Because every news channel's ca- carrying it, and they mm-hmm. go into gruesome detail about what happened to Teresa Hallbach and what they think happened. And that's how she get, they get to convict him. Why didn't you hit me with the blood vial? Because during the during the trial, the uh, blood trial, what it was discovered that it was there was a vial of blood from the rape of Stephen Avery. They oh. took blood whenever he was admitted. And they took his blood when they when the defense goes in to examine it. It's been tampered with, and someone's actually drawn blood out of it. But here's I'm the thing: on it. that would have swayed here's me the thing. hardcore. Later, later in the documentary, they say that. The uh the blood that was in the vial wasn't the same blood that was spread on the car. Here's the thing, though. Oh, okay. It because didn't... that's what was so confusing to me. I was like, why is his blood in the car? See, and I that's... wanted to use that, but, but because of that point of view, I didn't want to bring that in because I didn't want him to throw that on me, like, say, it's not the same blood. But, okay, here's your chest move. Okay, so you come back with me at that, and I say it's called EDTA. EDTA is a preservative to keep blood, like, good over, you know, a long amount of time. So... When people try and plant blood from, like, a vial, you test it for EDTA. If it has that preservative in it, then you know that that wasn't someone's, like, blood okay, coming yeah. out. They didn't find any. But not finding any doesn't mean that it's not in there. It means that it wasn't in that small portion that you tested. Mm. 
So while ED, like EDTA proves that it wasn't, but no EDTA doesn't prove that it was. Yeah. But I didn't want, I didn't want to bring that to the table. That because, seriously would have been like, oh. Yeah, that's a big part of the case. Because I kept asking. I was like, why? Yeah, but the problem. I, I, weird. I didn't want to bring it in because I didn't want him saying, well, it was proven that it wasn't. Because in, in that I would have. But it, so if you'd have. Still against woman abusers, though. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a good guy. No, no, he's no. And, that's, and that's the whole thing. Like, it's really hard to defend somebody that you know is not a good person, right? But at the same time, when you look at all the evidence, it is ruining someone's life that you've already ruined. Yeah, and you, for eighteen years. So, and to make it matters worse, his nephew Brendan Dassey is even dumber than Stephen Avery. Yeah. And when he's sitting in being in, interviewed by or interrogated by the police, they're basically giving him the answers. And they're just they're coaxing, coaxing him along the way. his life. I feel bad for him. So, because like you can't like you can't help like not being intelligent, right? And so I don't. They just really took advantage of him, and I feel bad for him. Really bad. So. Okay, just make me watch it. You need to. You definitely need to watch it. It's yeah. really really good. And I know we just spoiled a lot of it for you. If I had ten hours to waste, which uh, I don't, but, but you got one hour when you get home from work. But, yeah, okay. I just, I recommend, I mean, anybody out there that hasn't seen it, they need to watch it. Yeah. It's, it's really, really good. It makes we, you want to be an armchair we, detective. We tried really hard, but I don't think we've done it justice. No, because we're two dudes that work at Cumulus. We don't have law degrees yeah. or anything. Yeah. So. But, it was fun. I had yeah. a good time. It's really frustrating. I'm going to go and apply to law school now. There you go. UNT Law School. No, definitely not. <laughs> so, okay, so next time on the on the program. San Francisco stories. Yes, yeah, San Francisco stories. Two weeks after the fact, and uh, we we both have app ideas. Yeah, I've got. Uh, I may go rich off of mine. Yeah, Uh-oh. I think mine's already pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll try it has. to think of one too then. Yeah, because it's pretty easy to think. Maybe I'll research it between now and then to see if it's actually been done or not. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I've got a few inventions that may, may make me money, may 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 not. But so San Francisco stories app ideas all coming up on Bears Two. 2.13. Ooh, lucky, lucky number 13. So, so until then, stay hard, stay hard, yeah. keep jamming. We'll see, we'll see you. Totally ripped that off the mic.